Good morning and welcome to Saturdays with Sarah, a podcast with no limits. I'm your host, Sarah, and today I'm being joined by five of my close friends who are here to help me tell you all about the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about Judaism, when, what it means to be a Jew at this time of the year. We have Hanukkah coming up, which is super exciting. And so I have my wonderful friends here to help me talk a little bit more about this wonderful holiday. So we have my wonderful friend Eliana Morris and her husband Michael Morris. We have Sammy Magid. Kelly Ehrlichman, and Dan Castle all here to talk to us a little bit more about Hanukkah. So, first question, tell me about your background as a Jew. I want to know more. So, this is, hi, my name is, this is Eliana. I'm here with my husband, Michael, and um, I grew up Jewish. I grew up going to services most weekends, um, singing in the choir, and generally being really active with my family. Um, we celebrated Hanukkah every year, mostly with lots of latkes and hiding presents around the house. Um, there's a video of when we were little of my cousin saying at six years old, I think it would be nice if we turn off the lights, like right before we lit the candles, and she's going to become a rabbi in May. So um, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll piggyback off of that. So um, I am Michael Morris, Eliana's husband. Um, growing up when I was younger, between the ages of like six and ten, me and my family were very Jewish. But once my youngest brother sort of reached an age of not being a toddler anymore and being more of a, a, a child, uh, Judaism became less of a, a like practice and more of an identity to us. Um, me and my brothers were all bar mitzvahed. None of us were confirmed. But once we all got sort of older, middle school, high school, um, our sort of Jewish nature, our, our, our like, I won't say intense practicing, but more common practicing of celebrating each of the holidays and going to services and things of that nature um, became, you know, less common. And our, you know, our interests and desires became more of the things that we followed instead. But Judaism was more or less um, an identity at that point and not so much uh, a practice for me growing up once once I got older, but it's still something I identify with. Um, so I can kind of go next because I feel like my early childhood as well as my current more like adult life and even teenage life um, kind of follows more what Michael's later life kind of follows where um, I'm definitely more reformed. I went to I went to Hebrew school growing up. I was bar mitzvah, um, Sunday school. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I didn't go to Temple Weekly. I went to high holiday services. Um, but for me, it, it's definitely, I've always viewed being Jewish more as an identity and less as my specific religion. I'll kind of go since um, mine's a lot different. Um, so I was actually born as a patrilineal Jew. Um, so my mom grew up completely Catholic. And then my dad grew up Jewish. Um, and so when I was born, I was technically born half and half. But um, 
my parents had me convert as like a three-year-old um just they didn't want anyone to have the excuse to say that i wasn't jewish um because they knew like this is what you're going to be raised as um so i went to jewish day school hebrew school sunday school i was at services pretty frequently growing up um choir you know you name the ashkenazi stereotype i've probably done it um <laughs> i love that so yeah so um but this time of the year was always kind of weird for me um just because we connect more with my catholic side of the family like I don't know any of my jewish cousins but I know most of my catholic family um so we would like go over to their house but it was more about like family but um I still identify as a both ethnic and religious jew um Tempting to find a temple, which is really hard, but yeah, so that's me. Hi, I'm Kelly. Um, so I grew up more on the conservative slash orthodox side. Um, we attend an orthodox shul. Um, we have a kosher kitchen in my parents' house. So I grew up on um, a little bit further of the um, conservative orthodox scale, and. I had attended JCC for kindergarten. I was um, in Jewish youth groups like NCSY, and I was on the local e-board for that. In college, I did Chabad and Hillel, so I had uh, kind of a lot going on. And I got to do two trips to Israel, so I was pretty involved um, in my Jewish upbringing. But since now, kind of living away from my parents, I don't do as much so like Hanukkah growing up we did everything we did all of the singing we all lit our own candles and had our own menorahs um more recently since I've moved back into the area of my parents I go over for Hanukkah every single uh year for at least as many nights as I can that I'm not working to try and celebrate um that's a little bit less than I was able to do before but I still uh keep kosher. I still do Shabbos and things like that. Wonderful. So I'll talk a little bit about my history uh, with it. So I was raised very reform Jewish. I went to Sunday school every week from uh, kindergarten through eighth grade-ish for as long as I could. I, starting in fourth grade, started taking Hebrew school lessons to learn how to read Hebrew to have my bat mitzvah which I had come seventh grade when I turned 13. Um, But we never really went every single week other than when it was required for my Hebrew school as they did require us to go to a certain amount of services. So we really only went to those. My mom was in the choir at our synagogue though. So pretty much every Tuesday night, I ended up being at the synagogue anyways because I would go to uh, the choir rehearsal. And then once I was old enough, I ended up joining the choir as well for a year before we ended up leaving the synagogue. Uh, So even though we weren't very Jewish, we were still there quite a lot uh, and would at least go to one service a month. Um, But definitely really only celebrated on uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We'd go for Purim because we were in all of those spiels that we would host. 
really just the big holidays. Everything else, though, was celebrated at my aunt's house. Uh, Hanukkah, Passover, anything we could come up with for an excuse to meet and eat food was just celebrated at my aunt's house. So yeah, it was pretty laid back. Uh, once I went to college, I didn't really do much. I got involved with Hillel, went to the weekly free bagel lunch because, well, free food and a college kid go hand in hand. <laughs> and so that's pretty much what I did in college. Went only a couple of times a year to actual Friday night services, uh, but almost every year did go to a Passover Seder. Uh, but I kind of lost touch with it in college, other than when I went to Israel for my birthright trip. And now, I mean, we don't really do anything. We don't belong to a synagogue. And so I'm more of Jew-ish, I say. Um, and growing up, Hanukkah was kind of just this holiday we celebrated in our kitchen. We'd light some candles, exchange gifts, and then we all go watch TV together. It was nothing ever very big other than the one night we went to my aunt's house to eat and give the cousins their gifts. But other than that, it was always just laid-back, nonchalant Hanukkah. So another question I have for everyone is that Hanukkah is typically considered a minor holiday in the Jewish religion, typically, but in America, it's become one of the most popular and well-known Jewish holidays. So do you guys believe Hanukkah to be an important part of being Jewish in America, or would you say Hanukkah is still a minor holiday for you compared to our other holidays? Um, so I know at least for me and in my family, Hanukkah is probably the most important, other than Passover, Hanukkah would be the most important Jewish holiday. Um, ever since I was a kid, I know, um, you know, like me and my sister, um, we've always been kind of jealous of like, you know, Christmas and like getting presents under the tree and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my mom would always say that we celebrate Hanukkah, but we enjoy Christmas. So even though that we would have Hanukkah, we would still get a stocking with a couple stocking stuffers so we didn't feel left out from a lot of the other kids. Um, personally, I feel like um, because Christmas is such a huge holiday in America, um, and um, so since, Han since Hanukkah is, or I'm sorry, Christmas is such a major holiday in America, um, and Hanukkah falls around the same time, I feel like people just kind of view it as, oh, it's the Jewish version of Christmas, cool. And you get presents just like we do. Cool. Um, so that's kind of one of those kind of like more of those social accepted um, norms that Hanukkah has become as a whole in our society. That's how I kind of view it, at least. Yeah, that brings me right to that next question, too, of like how you associate it with Christmas. Ellie, yeah? Well, kind of to, to piggyback off of that, um, I, in, in more, more recent years, and especially, so our anniversary is right around Hanukkah, and so that's also kind of helping me make Hanukkah less of a big deal, because in traditional Judaism, Hanukkah is not that big of a deal at all, and the only reason it is a big deal is because of Christmas, and you don't want to get me on that soapbox, because, you know, that's what this episode is, but, um... <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm trying to train myself to not think of Hanukkah as a big deal. It's, it's more the high holidays. It's more Pesach. I mean, I even feel that Purim is a bigger deal than Hanukkah. Um, but mostly that's just because of the costumes, I think. Um, so yeah, um, I think, I definitely think that Hanukkah has been Christianized almost because of Christmas. 
Um, and actually, Eliana, so I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Kelly. I thought you were just about to start talking, but um, it's interesting because I have some really Catholic friends, and a lot of them say, I um, mean, obviously, I don't know for sure, but the few that I do know say that Christmas isn't necessarily a major holiday for them either. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what, like, why, like, what is it about Christmas and Hanukkah that everyone wants to assimilate that it is such a huge deal in our society? You know, so just kind of that was really interesting point that I kind of heard from you. I mean, I, I think it's a lot of commercialism, yes. you know, trying to sell the toys and the, the gifts and the cars and everything like that. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. And especially with like, you know, the days kind of run shorter, the nights are longer and everyone just kind of needs that pick me up in the middle of the season type thing too. I had no idea that Christmas was supposed to be a minor holiday. I mean, dating somebody who comes from a Catholic family to them, Christmas is the biggest, most important thing right next to Easter, and he would have to go to Christmas services every year, just like Easter. I mean, they were definitely like Christer family, but I never got the impression that it was a minor holiday, so that's, that's really interesting to learn. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a minor holiday from what I hear, but it's definitely not like the biggest Christian holiday. It's definitely Easter's, you know, more or less the, the big one. Um but yeah, that, that was a really interesting thought that I kind of put the two and two together that, wait, both religions don't necessarily think that this is their major holiday. So why does everyone think it is supposed to be, you know? Yeah, interesting. Kelly, you were going to say something. I want to know. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it also is, um, it's not as common for people to talk about what led to Hanukkah becoming a holiday. And so I think a lot of the um, hallmarkism in it is more so just not having the knowledge of what the purpose of it is. And if you don't know why you're doing it, then you just go through the process without necessarily acknowledging the meaning behind it. I mean, Hanukkah literally means dedication. Um, And so the purpose of it was the dedication of the base of Mikdash, but I feel like the lack of knowledge of what the purpose of it is just leads people to say, okay, this is a time when I gather with my family and um, have presents with them and everything like that. And people acknowledge that more, but generally, at least in my family, it's a little more of a minor holiday. Definitely Pesach and Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Um, definitely top it and for him definitely um but i think also part of it is just the lack of knowledge that a lot of um people who are jewish and people who aren't jewish have regarding the purpose behind it uh yes i would have to agree i know in my family like rosh hashanah yom kippur pesach we go all out for that um i know for hanukkah we do make it a point to light our menorahs, say our prayers, make sure we get them all right. Um, But yeah, I think Hanukkah is getting really lumped with the winter Christmas. I hate that term Judeo-Christian. Don't get me started. But um, it's almost like us celebrating Hanukkah now is kind of like a, in the spirit of it, like an act of rebellion against what, people are trying to assimilate us as and trying to like put it together. So I'm always making a point where my Hanukkah sweater to work and stuff. And, and I mean, it brings up good conversations. Um, the kids at work, cause I'm a teacher, 
they always ask questions about it. It's a really good learning experience. Um, but yeah, so that's my thoughts on how. I also find it interesting. You're saying like the hallmarkism of it and like the fact that people decorate and go all out for Christmas. And then they kind of expect us to do the same thing for Hanukkah. Like both of my neighbors here right now have gone all out. Their driveways are lined with candy canes and snowflakes. They have, my neighbors who share our lawn with us, have projections all over the front of the house. It's crazy. And I put a little sticky menorah in our window. And it's like we're the awkward dark house on this street. And it's just become, from being commercialized this time of year, I feel like people expect us to be hanging those decorations but it's not about that and I'm just here to light the candles and to get my gifts the important part right <laughs> well and and that's actually Sarah that's a really good point so for those who are on the zoom call I'll be able to show you um but my family every year we actually set ours up today we make a whole Hanukkah table we don't just put up a menorah but oh, we have a tablecloth that says the castle so like my family there's like our main menorah at the top which are my parents we have both of my grandparents and my great-grandparents menorahs we have candy dishes we put dreidels all over the table not anymore because you know we have dogs now for the first time in my life um but it's <laughs> oh, nice because it's it's great like for us um yes it's like that celebration but you know my family i feel like really fell because we're reformed we fell into that commercialism of like Christmas and the holiday season. So we kind of fell into that a little bit more. Um, but again, at the same time, you know, both sides of my family are Jewish, but you know, my grandparents would make a specifically a Christmas village. So like we really enjoy that time of the season. It's not necessarily, you know, for us, um, how it's really more that identification. We really view it more as an identification and not what are the serious religious meanings behind it. And I mean, during the high holidays, like, you know, we recognize that those are the most important times. We recognize the meaning. But for whatever reason, we never really think about the meaning of Hanukkah as much. And it's always about that kind of commercialized Hallmark celebration that we're that there's that trend that we're talking about. That's actually a really good um, point to like segue us into like the conversation of do you feel that Hanukkah deserves more recognition in our culture from like the religious point of view or from a general notice us because we also celebrate this holiday. Like there are so many other holidays celebrated around this time. Like they uh, just celebrated Diwali. Um, and so like, do you think that we deserve more recognition culturally or religiously? Um, I'm, Mike is going to roll his eyes in just a second because I'm going to talk about an episode of Friends. Um, Yes. when Ross tries to teach Ben about Hanukkah and ends up dressing up as the holiday armadillo because Ben really wants to meet Santa. Um, yes, it's one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> I love it so much. And um, I think I think that's a really good example of, especially when we're kids, you know, Sarah and I were young together in elementary school. Um, and I don't know about you, but I remember, like, walking into our elementary school and seeing Christmas decorations everywhere. Yep. And everywhere. being like, okay, like, that's great. You have a holiday 
to celebrate. Guess what? So do I. Um, and I think when we're young, we we definitely feel left out and feel like, okay, but where's the Hanukkah recognition? And, you know, to some extent, I still do feel that. Like, I definitely prefer to say happy holidays over Merry Christmas. And, like, when I was working retail, that's what I would say to customers. Um, but, like, I, there are so many challenges with being a Jew in America today and being a visible Jew in America today that I'm, I'm trying to pick my battles. That's a good point. On, on where to, where to fight about Jewish visibility and, and Jewish education. That's a really good point. I know, um, Matt, this past weekend, they decorated his store for the holidays. And I was like, Oh, what did you guys do? Do you uh, what? Where'd you get the menorah from? And he was like, "We uh, we didn't. It just looks like the store threw up Christmas everywhere." And I was like, I "Understand that pretty much everyone who works at that store is Christian in some capacity, but if you need to borrow a menorah, you can have my light up one that's been sitting in the cabinet for the past few years, you know." And it's like trying to make them understand that even if every person who works in the store doesn't celebrate Hanukkah, there are people who are going to be shopping at the store that do celebrate it and that in some way, shape, or form, there should be a little bit of representation. Um, and yeah, that's such a good point, Sarah. And actually, um, we were talking about Diwali just a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so our backyard neighbors um, celebrate Diwali. And um, they have their lights on two nights because it's the cel celebration of lights, you know, kind of similar to Hanukkah in a way, um, at least the way that people show that celebration. And so the first night, you know, they had all their lights on their backyard. And my mom was curious. She was like, oh, what's going on? She's like, oh, it's Diwali. Like, this is what's happening. Um, and so the second night we saw their lights on. So we actually turned our lights on in our backyard just to kind of spread that, hey, like we're recognizing that you guys are celebrating. So we're kind of adding to your celebration in a way. I really like that. So um, I think there needs to be more education about Hanukkah because anyone can tell you about the menorah. The oil, we only had enough oil for one day, but it lasted eight and all of that. But Hanukkah is more than it's more like the big story is that it's people trying to save our culture, save our, um, our community. Um, it began with a war. So I think there needs to be more education on that part because ironically, they're putting our culture together with other ones. Um, so I think that'd be a big part to starting to separate all of them. Wonderful. So then I guess that brings me to my last point is what do you wish is one thing people understood or knew about Hanukkah or what do you feel is a common misconception about Hanukkah as a holiday? I mean, the first one that comes to mind is that Hanukkah is just the Jewish Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, when it is completely 100 million percent not. Um, it is that is that it's a minor holiday that the only reason that we get presents on Hanukkah is because the Christian kids were getting presents on Christmas and the Jewish kids were jealous and they wanted presents and that it's you know it's so minor that it's not even in the tour I mean like that's not its fault like it happened after the Torah was written um <laughs> but um 
just just giving giving the holiday and our culture and our religion some perspective is is very needed i think i'd like to audibly express my eye roll to the <laughs> we were jealous kids thing <laughs> just as an add-in um but yeah in terms of misconceptions i agree and i also think there needs to be a better understanding of where it came from as i said like with the dedication of the basic fashion being able to rebuild after our culture and our identity was targeted and destroyed is something really important to acknowledge and it's kind of ironic that now Hanukkah which was supposed to be us being able to re-identify not really re-identify but demonstrate that culture that now it's becoming something that's blending with something else entirely and that's the exact opposite intention behind it it's like it's disappearing almost because it's blending so much with christmas so i mean i guess i have a question because you know i grew up reformed um and i didn't really know much about what hanukkah was or what hanukkah meant until i went to college and, you know, I went to school at Western Michigan University in a very Christian town called Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I didn't find out really much about my religion, even going through Hebrew school and having a bar mitzvah. I didn't find out much about my religion until I was forced to write about it when I was in school to become a social worker. And they were like, oh, tell us about your background. How are you different from other people? What's your diversity like? And I didn't start exploring a lot of the differences Um until I was kind of forced to learn about it. So I guess my question is, um, how can we as Jewish people who follow the Jewish religion kind of educate other people to become, I guess, more of a recognized religion and what different holidays really mean and what the religion means to us? I think there's more access. So I think there's completely, there's gatekeepers who are preventing others from learning um about the religion um and then the difficulty again like with my problems of finding a temple and um just those resources i think there just needs to be more accessibility i want to piggyback off that because i think on top of like the accessibility thing it's it's a it's a media and a medium thing right in common media and things that we see you know christmas and the christian holidays are shown off a lot and you know growing up the only thing that i can think of that got you know, Jewish recognition was the Rugrats, like a kid's cartoon show. Yeah, you know, they had a Hanukkah special, they had a Passover special because the Pickles family, like the main, one of the main families was Jewish. And you didn't, you don't see that a lot. And I think sort of going back to the point, you know, that you've all made that Hanukkah has been commercialized. It's kind of ironic because, you know, Dan, you mentioned that you know, Christmas is a somewhat smaller holiday, but that's also been commercialized because a little history lesson is that um, Christmas was not the initial gift-giving holiday. It was sort of lumped together with St. Nicholas Day. I actually had to double-check double this. I knew this, but I, I researched it while sitting here. But the two holidays have been basically lumped together because St. Nicholas Day was the gift-giving holiday. And so it it only gained more popularity with things like A Christmas Carol and A Night Before Christmas, which are almost, you know, 200 years old at this point, you know, the original renditions of them. So I think, you know, common media, you know, going all the way back, I think common media needs to help, like, educate people on culture. And that's sort of 
the the thing that is lacking. And I think I think it's trying. It's trying its best to either educate more or take its focus away from Christianity and be more neutral in the way it educates people and requires you to do your own education. But I think, you know, popular mediums like television and online and things like that need to be a big source of driving the conversation about, you know, what Judaism is, what Jewish traditions are, what Hanukkah is, you know, in, in this specific instance. Well, honey, kind of I think not falling that. into those tropes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I think that there's a lot of experiences that we don't have, that we didn't have when we were growing up, but like kids today have growing up. Like I know there was a Jewish princess on that Elena of Avalor show that's on Disney Junior. Um, so, like, so things like that definitely help, but like how powerful would it be to have a, a play Disney show or a Nick Junior show or, or, or like a kid's show about a Jewish family, like how powerful would that be in educating not only Jewish children and meeting them where they're at, but also about meeting Christian children where they're at, Hindu children where they're at, Buddhist children where they're at, Mm -hmm. and explaining these things in language that they can understand. Because, you know, from a young age, we as Jewish children are inundated with, oh, this is Christmas, oh, this is Easter, your holidays just aren't as important. Um, How powerful it would be to have a popular children's show that raised us up. Because I really do believe it starts at that age. I, was going to I know I had a moment recently um, where I found media that was Jewish-centered. So if you know me, you know I love my trashy romance novel. So the trashier, <laughs> the better. Um, and I found one that completely surrounded Hanukkah. So I'm saving it. But um, like all the reviews were like, oh my gosh, this is like really accurate and like it doesn't fall into all these tropes of like true Judaism. So like as a 26 year old, I got excited about finding myself in media. So yeah. think like what Eliana said, think about like the kid. Yeah. I feel like right now the only Jewish representation that I see in shows is actually in Mrs. Maisel. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel is 100% surrounding Judaism as like in New York in the 50s and the, the way this Jewish family works and they even talk about the Jewish brisket I mean that is important and I just but that's a very adult show and so I think that it's definitely important to start bringing that into for younger kids like tv shows and media for younger kids and I think that like one big thing I wish people understood wasn't necessarily about Hanukkah but about the holidays that Christmas ruined before it became Christmas because like we all know the Yule log Yule was an actual pagan holiday and Christmas was originally celebrated in August because that's when Jesus was actually born, was around the harvest in August. And because of this pagan holiday, and they tried covering up numerous pagan holidays such as Halloween that I recently talked about, and that they covered up all of these other holidays because they felt that they're not Christian enough. And if you're not Christian enough in any way, shape, or form, then you don't have a right to be practicing and to have your religion. So I wish people like understood more of the history of how that holiday was formed. And then maybe they would have a better understanding and more respect for the other religions that are still celebrating other holidays. 
I feel like we should take a moment to express that we don't hate Christian people. Yes. Um, <laughs> not <laughs> like, at all. Like, we're, like, you guys are great. It's just, it's, it's a struggle to be a, an outwardly Jewish person at this time of the year. And so if it sounds like we're blowing off steam, that's because we are blowing off steam. That's what this Zoom is meant for, is to educate people who otherwise might not know or who their only form of education is Google. And this is a great way to hear it from the perspective of Jews from so many different wonderful backgrounds. So I've really appreciated this because I've learned some wonderful new things today. And I feel like maybe we all did. And I think that's kind of cool. And that's why I'm here. So yeah, my mom recently said something really interesting. Um, And keep in mind, my mom grew up Catholic, like she's Jewish now, but she's like, she said, it seems like my kids are very aware of the world around them. And then my dad was like, well, yeah, because we're expected to. We're expected to know about the majority culture. Yeah, that's a really good point. We're expected to know. So I just wanted to say thank you again for doing all of this. This has been a wonderful conversation that we've had. I've learned a lot, and I hope that anybody listening to this has also learned a lot today. Although this is where the conversation originally ended for this podcast, we ended up staying on the line for another almost 45 minutes talking about personal experiences with Judaism in 21st century America. Together, we felt that many of these conversations were very important for people to hear, and so we decided it would be important to include them in this podcast. My friends and I would love if you stuck around a little bit longer to hear more about these stories and what it's like to be Jewish in America during the 21st century. Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I I work in Vernon Hills, and so I take, like, Wyland to Aptekissick to oh, Milwaukee yeah. to go to work. So I literally pass JCYS every single day on my way to work. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, just, that's why I'm just trying to picture. I'm like, where is this? Excuse me, I'm really good at making our buildings very unassuming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, my old elementary school. Yeah. Like, if you look at it, because I went to Schechter. She's elementary school. Oh, yeah. It just looks like a brick building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it looks just really and, and BJBE it used to be an office building yeah, yeah it did it still looks yeah, like an yeah, office building you have to go you have to go looking I for it I wish we were still on the podcast because like this is really interesting about like Actually, getting that accessibility have you been recording this you know I've been recording all of this too but like yeah like no one like the first Jewish other than a temple the first Jewish building I saw was like the JCYS even so no one knows it as like but Jewish community, you know, it's, it's just the JCYS. Yeah, and to me, all of that stuff, like, we were always aware of it because with the way that my parents were, like, we went to an Orthodox synagogue. I went to Camp Henry Horner, which is a mm. Jewish camp. Yep. Um, I worked there. I was part of BBYO for a little bit, but then we didn't really like it, so then we did NCSY. And then I went to Israel for... TJJ, which is like the NCSY version of Birthright for high schoolers. Mm-hmm. And I did Birthright and I had Hill on the Chabad. So it's like I was always super involved with the Jewish community. But even that, like looking out for, okay, where are some Jewish things? Like they're so camouflaged. 
They mm-hmm. are. <laughs> Impossible like said, to see it unless, like, it's like a you have to know someone kind of thing. Yeah. We're historically good at hiding ourselves. Yeah, right? I mean, when I, when I was working in Evanston for School of Rock, I would drive down Dempster, and I only ever saw three synagogues, but I'm pretty sure that along the length of Dempster from the highway to basically the lake, I think there's about six or seven, but it's so hard to spot them. There's actually one that's like right next to a Starbucks and like, it's so impossible to know. One of them used to be a grocery store. It used to be a jewel, like way, way back in the sixties and seventies, it was a jewel. Um, and now it's a synagogue. Yeah. And I think there's I'm only one. I'm going to the one by Starbucks. So I can- <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you want to hear something crazy always so the temple i was going to was a belgrad's temple oh Bahavana. Uh, where, uh, yeah where yeah. it's in people's houses so they have their high holiday services in a church i mean yeah, yeah. so yeah and it's, yeah at uh, temple high it's, yeah at temple high they would but, um, services and there would be like one at the methodist church nearby and then one at yes at the synagogue yes wow. that's where we Yep, that's where it was, across from BG, or right by BG. No, what's so crazy is, what's so crazy is we had to go through a, like, a safety thing right before services started, which, crazy that we have to do that. Yeah. Metal detector? We had to do that. We always had, like, like, it was high holiday, high security, you know, and parking (laughs) lots, and at every entrance, um, we would have police officers, and they would stand outside all of the doors. Like, I mean, I'm sure, Sammy, you remember that because we went to Betham together. Like, having mm-hmm. to go through. We need to make a slogan out of that. Michael, can we make like a slogan? High holidays, high security. High holidays, high security. Put that on a T-shirt. Let's let's do a shirt. Yeah. It get killing in those ten days. Oh wait, no, that was bad. That was bad. I did not mean to say that. Well, that's just. <laughs> it's very dumb. I mean, it's been a day. On the nose. It's very on the nose. I like it. It's that like... was the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Write this down, sir, if you ever need merch ideas. I'm tired of going to Temple with uh, 50 year olds. <laughs> oh my God. You know so is everybody. Uh, no, so but honestly, what... so like with my. Because I have the Orthodox Shul, everything is literally like. Probably the youngest are 35-year-olds who are the kids of the 50- and 60-year-olds. How many kids do they have? Not very many. So our range range are like 70-year-olds, 35-year-olds, and 4-year-olds. And I get to drop into the middle of that. And my mom's always like, why do you never go to Shoal? And I'm like, well, let's have a conversation about this. I went to Chabad and Hillel. Yeah. Why do you think that is? <laughs> I feel like Ellie. I think I didn't. About that, that was like not a thing in college. There was like two Jews. <laughs> I had uh-huh. Sarah. Yeah, I, Ellie. I think we talked about this last year when um, you hosted that dinner for yeah, like, young Jews That like you have stuff through college if you go to a, a school that has Hillel and um Chabad and all of those wonderful things it's like great and then when you have five-year-old kids you have stuff and then once you have five-year-old kids or even as newlyweds like there's sometimes because usually you have to go through a synagogue to get married and they're like great here's some other newlyweds through a synagogue but in that time between when you graduate college and when you become a newlywed there's nothing like I keep getting notifications from my temple growing up because I'm still connected to them on Facebook and like 
it's all like like book clubs and it's like I look at what it is and I'm like I no that's for like 75 year olds like maybe that has a reason that's the reason why they a downsized you know is like they were having issues like connecting to that younger audience but like I feel like there's no good way to connect and it's kind of interesting too with dating Matt that like because he doesn't really celebrate any religion now so like if I tell him I want to do something he goes fine because he like respects that it's my religion and he'll do it but I can't even find anything for us to do like there's just nothing other than that dinner yeah and and being in the suburbs young adult program young adult jewish programming in the suburbs is even harder to find Mm -hmm. and that's something that i've been trying to work on with my friends in the young leadership division um but it's hard when no one can go to a happy hour yeah Yeah, which is also kind of funny because this area is actually significantly jewish in comparison to the world <laughs> um, I mean my parents literally said yeah my parents literally were like we're going to live in Buffalo Grove because we know what the Jewish population is in Buffalo yeah. Grove and that's why we're choosing it yeah my parents yeah, that's why my parents through the neighborhoods during Passover before they moved yeah because they wanted to see what it was like that's what my parents is they knew this area was Jewish Wheeling at the time was predominantly Jewish not as much anymore because everyone moved up to Buffalo Grove they were looking in Buffalo Grove too. The only thing is they don't happen to like this house here better. Like, but there was still it was a large Jewish community here. Like, and it pretty much still is. Oh gosh, I'm in Palatine now, and it's all Christian Catholic. Within a block, I have a Korean church, a Lutheran school, a Methodist church. <laughs> That's yeah. like us. We're in Southern Arlington Heights, and mm. I mean, our subdivision is actually very uh, Hindi. Yeah. Um, Asian American. Yeah, and but but yeah, there's a Catholic church across the street, and then there's you know downtown Arlington Heights with its nine thousand churches. Um, <laughs> yup. That's so true, though. Well, and I know, like the like the Jewish population, like in Buffalo Grove, they're slowly like migrating away. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, growing up, like, there was Beth Am and Beth Judea, and now, like, Beth Judea is gone. Beth Am is no longer in the same building. I don't even know if there's still a Temple High. Beth Am still exists. It's I went, just I shrunk. High, you did? And... So I went to... Yeah, I did. I, I did not know that. Wait. <laughs> yeah. My, my dad was the executive director. Oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, though, um, teaching Sunday school... The day yeah. after Pittsburgh, mm, yeah, was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because so I was teaching sixth grade, so they knew what was going on. They like understand. They're old enough to watch. Rabbi did not want me to talk about it. I remember that. That type of guy. And crazy. Wait, so Eliana, what did they tell you to? say if someone asked about it because he told me to just brush it off and so what i ended up doing is i ended up clearing the room and we sat in a circle and we just talked and i got in trouble which is that's so important though like i actually really appreciate that you did that because that's so important just to sit and talk about it do you remember that honey how it was like i know i was was, freaking out yeah yeah, you can't brush. I know that up. was like a hard. A, I think it was a hard week for all of us. Yeah. Um. Oh, and it to me. Like I had one person ask me, like, "How are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, thank you for like 
asking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been a hard... Yeah, Everybody say hard hi to week. Apollo. What would you say about what? Um, doesn't she, where, where she had been working, if you will, isn't it shared with a Mormon church? So, so Libby, my cousin, who's the one who I was, was talking about, about Hanukkah, and like, that's a real story. There's a video of her at six years old going, I think it would be nice if we could turn off the light. It's right before we lit the menorah. It's adorable. I think I've um, seen it. I'm pretty sure you've shown it to me at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she, for the past two years, has actually been able to do her high holiday service leading and sermoning high hud at Or Shalom in Vernon Hills, which is, um, so which is a reform synagogue. And they're right next door to a Mormon church. And so for the high holidays, some of their services were in the Mormon church. Which is so interesting. I don't know if anyone knows this, but, like, Mormons consider themselves to be Jewish, if you will, and that Jews are actually Gentiles. They refer to us as Gentiles, and, like, mm-hmm. it's this... Don't way- talk about that. Or Messianic Jews. Don't get me started. I would I would like to hear what Apollo has. I don't know. I don't feel like a Christian Passover. Yeah, they yeah. do Christian Passover. Yes. Oh, that's not cool. I mean, there's appropriating. That's for Jesus is a thing. I mean, I do understand why they think that they should be celebrating it because his Jesus' last meal was a Passover seder, and so there is an overlap of the two religions on Mm -hmm. these two very important holidays. But at the same time, you can have your one meal on that day and be like this was an important holiday to him, so it's important to us, but also not just celebrate it and call it Christian Passover. Just say, we recognize this day as a new holiday because it was it's important to them. Like how the book of Matthew is a Christian testament, but it's about the Jews. It's 100% about the Jews. So it's become Christian, but it's all about us. You know, like maybe that's what their holiday should be. I don't understand Christian Passover. Yeah, no going to school in Peoria... And, like, talking with a lot of, a lot of the kids who were commuters, Christian homeschooled, mm. or Catholic homeschooled, and, um, hi bud, <laughs> the lack of understanding, they, like, I, the, the piano accompanist in the choir with me, um, sat with me on the bus one day when we were on our spring tour to New Orleans, and she just, like, bombarded me with questions but like they were rude questions and then she was like trying to get me to convert do you remember this yes um it's oh my god i can't believe she did that but i mean that's that happened to my family she also got married in college so that she didn't have to sin so Uh when you want to but you just get married to avoid it oh yeah when my family and i went to los angeles last year um or while we were in san francisco first but for my cousin's wedding we went to Los Angeles, and we were going to um, Paramount Studios, and we got this ride from a guy, and it was really weird. The whole thing is weird, but basically what happened first was mm. he realized he was low on gas, needed to go get gas, and he, um, after we left the gas station, which was already weird when you're an Uber, they shouldn't do that, or Lyft, it was Lyft, so that was weird, but then he says to us, it was quiet in the car, you know, we were all just on our phones, you know, while he was driving, whatever, and he turns to my dad and is like, so, are you guys Christian? And we were like, what? And he's like, do you follow Jesus? 
he was so passionate about it, and my dad was like... You just say yes at that point. Yeah, my dad was like, I, we're Jewish, and I'd rather not discuss this. And the guy was like, what? You don't believe... Jesus is wonderful. How could you not? You know, and he starts listing all, all these reasons why we should no longer be Jews and why we should convert to Christianity. And it was just like, while we were in the lift, no less. And then he... Almost, he didn't make us late because we called him like two hours early for where we needed to get to. And it was only like 30 minutes away. Um, but you know, LA traffic, he kept taking every, after that, like my dad was like, I'm not talking about this with you. You shouldn't be discussing this in a lift ride. It's wrong. And suddenly when inappropriate. Got it, it's an inappropriate, he kept taking every possible wrong turn. And his GPS was like in 500 feet, make a right. And he's like, I don't, it says to make a left, make a right. You have a left. Okay. And he kept making every single wrong turn. Cause we told him, we were like, Oh, we have somewhere to be. We have an appointment. We never told him what time. And so when we arrived at our destination after him doing this, literally like for a half hour of making wrong turns on the LA interstate, he arrives and he goes, Oh, I'm so sorry that I probably caused you to miss your appointment, but it's fine. You have other things you can do now. And my mom looks at him and goes, Actually, we called you early. Our appointment's not for another 45 minutes and slammed the door. And it was just like, it was almost like it was intentional because my dad told him off about trying to oh, convert sure. us in the car that he was like, all right, well, I'm going to make these people late. But my mom is Jewish. And if you're early, you're late. Is so Jackie. It's, she's Jackie. Yeah. So yes. literally we had, it was a 10 a.m. Yeah. Early's on time. On time is late and late is unacceptable. Although Hanukkah isn't a major Jewish holiday, in America, because of its proximity to Christmas, it has become one of the most well-known Jewish holidays. Everybody has their own way of celebrating it, and everybody has their own experiences with being Jewish in America during the 21st century. I hope you learned something today, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Saturdays with Sarah, a podcast with no limit. <laughs>